You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. Many years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine. We met regularly just to see what God was doing in him. And um, he's an, he was an anxious man, and um, I think he's a little better now. Tremendously loving man, and had prone to outbursts of emotions. So I, I, I loved him and love him. But he was troubled, and he felt stuck, both, both spiritually and relationally. He wanted to grow up, wanted to get married, and he wasn't succeeding. Uh, while we were meditating one time, he saw this sphere of some kind in himself, and it had a, a crust that was as hard as rock, and yet at the same time it seemed to throb like a heart. And it made him very sad to see it. He didn't like seeing it. And he didn't know why. He was so surprised this was happening. This is happening in prayer, and he didn't have that much prayer, and he had something that was happening on the inside of him, and that seemed embarrassing in a way, and he was telling me about it. It seemed embarrassing, too, but he he told me about it. The next time we got together, something amazing happened. Uh, One day while he was praying, he said that there appeared to be uh, cracks in the sphere and light starting, started to come out of it. Like when uh, the, the light comes out of, from the clouds, you've seen this after the storm, like shafts of sunlight. This terrified him, but it also at the same time made him feel so joyful. He was just so happy about it. It was such a different experience from his other prayer, and he saw the scene before, and it delighted him. I won't tell you his whole story, but, but Advent, that we're in is is full of those kinds of stories. Stories about how the Holy Spirit gets into human hearts and starts kind of cracking things up. How God himself gets into the heart of the world. How God herself gets into the heart of the world, gets in the heart of humanity and starts stirring things up with Jesus. Somehow, stone-hard places in us Maybe places that were so hard we didn't even know they were places before are impregnated for the first time, or maybe for a surprising 20th time, and something begins to pulse at us. Newness begins to pulse at us. This is the Advent story. And sometimes, even uh, in spite of ourselves, maybe even in a surprising way, we end up pregnant with some new life that needs to get born needs to get out. Rachel, our pastor down in South Broad, my pastor, um, wrote to her leaders about what was happening in the Sunday meeting last, uh, last week, just what was happening in that one meeting. And I'm one of the cell leaders, and so she wrote, writes a weekly note to us. And she, this is one of the things she said. Well, this is a lot of the things she said, because this is just in one meeting. She said, there was a long-awaited moment of forgiveness and reconciliation between two friends. Someone else joined a Sunday meeting team because they realized that they need to serve in order to make themselves show up every week. 
Someone else risks some dialogue, even though they feel different from everybody else, and they realized that they actually belong. Someone else gave us all permission and encouragement to village parent because the kids need us all. How many fingers have I got? Someone else risked coming to our meeting for the first time, even though they feel burned by religion and they're still angry. Over and over again, that, that rocky center seems to crack. It happens again and again, and the shafts of light start coming out, and we might never forget the experience. Then people tell stories about it. Now, some of you hear stories about like what Rachel was telling, and uh, you feel pressured. Because, not, maybe not all of you, but I, I, I imagine some of you just feel a little bit of pressure because you're supposed to be having some kind of experience. And you're supposed to be having some kind of experience that your pastor will later put in her little letter. And then Rob will tell a story about it, and everyone will feel great about how great everybody is and how all these experiences are happening except maybe you. So you feel a little pressure. You might, be, you might be even upset by doing this tonight because you have some kind of long expected thing that you wish were happening to you or that you thought should have happened to you a long time ago and it really hasn't happened yet. So it might even make you upset to have all this Advent stuff that's always this promise about things that are supposed to happen that maybe not have happened. Advent might depress you a little. It does me because it's really dark. Today was dark, and it's going to get darker as the week goes by, and I, I dread that. I'm so glad when the 21st comes and I can think, okay, maybe I'll make it onto spring. So maybe, it, maybe the whole season is just depressing to you, and I'm here to tell you that's really great. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Move with that pressure. Move with the pressure, and let the pressure move you. Now, I suppose, and... Um, I was supposed to say in this day, no pressure. I'm gonna give a speech here, but whatever, don't feel any pressure. Because I just wanna be a gentle psychotherapist so that you're really safe. <laughs> and so that we can make a nice alliance and you'll feel really moved to go at your own rate according to whatever you, you want to do, right? That's what I'm supposed to say. Or uh, no problem, it's all good. Do you still say that? I don't say that anymore. <laughs> Do you still say whatever? Whatever. I, d I definitely still say that. Well, that really got stuck. I hope everyone else stopped. But I'm still saying that. Say whatever. But you know, if I said those things, I'd betray Jesus. I would just betray Jesus if I did that. Of course you feel pressured. Of course you feel pressure by the story. And of course you feel some resistance to something that's trying to get out and be born. That's how it works. It may be crass to say, but I've, I've been told many times that having my, the first baby, I've not had my first baby yet, but having the first baby is really hard. It's hard to get a baby out, right? I, 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 I will tell you, but I would tell you about a movie I just saw that described this at length, but I won't. Um, so, it, but we're, you know, of course you feel pressure. We're doing something serious here on Mary Night in particular when we talk about Mary's story because it's a story about birthing a child, of course. But it's also a story about birthing a new you. She's certainly experiencing that. And about bringing newness into the world, birthing newness into the world. And all those things are hard. Jesus died 
to birth new life into the world. It's not that easy. So I will not say, no pressure. I'll say, no pressure. I say we all need to welcome that pressure like a mother giving birth in Yemen right now. That's one with her child. A mother giving birth in Yemen. You know where Yemen is. If you don't know, you should look it up. Something's happening there, and your government is behind it. She's giving birth where her children are starving. There's not enough uh, food coming in, and she couldn't afford, it, afford the food that's there. Her husband's out scavenging because he lost his job. She's in a house that's been destroyed by a bomb because they're dropping bombs. The last, yesterday they dropped bombs, someone said, at the rate of something like uh, 15 a minute. They were counting them. They were just dropping like rain. And she has the hope to con that convinced her to carry that child. And she has the love to welcome what is being born. Like a Middle Eastern mother giving birth to the hope of the world. That's what we're talking about. That's, that's how serious Advent is. That's how Advent keeps showing us how life, the life we were created to have actually works. Such a great season. I'm trying to get to know that joy that that mother has in the worst kind of situations as I have my only tiny worst kind of situation because I'm walking into a new era of my life. Um, I want to welcome the strange new life that's being born in me. Next year, I join the ranks of what the sociologists now call the young old. <laughs> the 65 to the 75 year old people. This is apparently what they do. <laughs> Have I got it yet? I'm working. I did buy a white suit, so I've got that at least. I suppose that's, that's, I hear that's what they do on the other side of 65. And I, I do think the sociologists are onto something because I do feel some sense of threshold. You know, not only, I mean, the society all tells me I have to cross it, so <laughs> that's one thing. But I also just kind of um, have begun to act like a young old person. You know, I said, what is happening? But it seems to happen to you. Young old people must welcome being young old, right? or not. I don't know if they're doing it yet, <laughs> but whatever. Oh, I said it, sorry. Um, Mary helps me how to, to welcome what is being born in that strange new way in me. She was such a wise young mother. She was still very young, of course, we think. We don't know everything about Mary. But she, was, she seemed to be so wise, at least what she told Luke later on, and he wrote it all down, seemed pretty wise if that's what she was really full of. She meets an angel, and then after all these remarkable things she is told will happen to her, and that she will be the mother of God, she says in the, that the beautiful King James Version, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. I see her doing this. Like she says, look at me. Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And after they got to that place, that's when the angel departed. Sit there for a second and reread that statement, all right? Reread that one statement that she made and just meditate on it for a few seconds. Can't, you can't see it? 
It's right. <coughs> you know, maybe you should act it out. Pretend you're Mary. And just, you don't have to believe any of it. Just, just, just play it. You know, that you were her. See how it feels. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. The word handmaid is actually in our language more these days. You probably are more familiar with uh, Margaret Atwood's dystopic novel. How do you say it? Dystopic? Dystopic? You say dystopic. I say dystopic. Let's call the whole thing off. Okay. Um, but the Handmaid's Tale kind of turns Advent and Mary's story kind of uh, inside out. I don't know if you know how much you know about the Old Testament, but Atwood was using the handmaid called uh, Billa, the handmaid of Rachel in the Old Testament, as her main uh, model. Billa, the slave, was given to Rachel by Laban, her father, so that she could give Billa to her husband, Jacob, so she could produce, he could produce children through her and she could claim them for her own, which she did. Dan and Naphtali are, are Billa's sons. Atwood's story is kind of an anti-Advent story. You know, women are in subjugation. They're in a patriarchal society. And they're, and they're in a fight to gain individualism and independence. Mary, uh, uh, of course, is in a much more patriarchal society than we are in, even much more, I would say. You can decide whether you think that's true or not. Seems so to me. And yet somehow, she transcends this supposed subjugation in order to freely submit herself to the promise of God. No man gives her to be the handmaiden of God. Nobody gives her over to this work. She offers herself. And when the angel Gabriel comes looking, he doesn't come looking for someone to ask permission if Mary can bear the Savior. She's already free. And regardless of her context or her identity within the structures of the world, she's capable of just saying what she wants to say there. I think it's a beautiful moment. Mary's a good model for me. You know, I, I, I too have a whole collection of restrictions I feel about who I might be and what I might uh, birth. And I often feel uh, pressured by my own expectations that I, they could come from inside or from outside, but I've got them. And then the expectations of others, I feel pressured by them. So her story is useful. Advent is always useful. To, to come around again, since I'm not the same person I was last year. Are, are you? Didn't you go through something this year? And now here it comes around again. What are we going to do next? What's going to come to birth now? I love that. Let me read the old language to you again. I, I won't put it on the screen, so you won't have to worry about that. I just want you to enjoy how it, how it sounds in the King James Version. Here it, here it is again. Just meditate on it while I'm going through it. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of lineage of David. 
and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing that I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary is such a good model for me. Here I am, like you may be, pressured by what has come upon me, and I come to find out it's the Holy Ghost that has come upon me. And yet I'm still tempted to say, right in here in my moment, how can this be? What could possibly be born in me? How could something possibly happen like you're implying it should? I mean, everybody knows that the young old are about retiring. Good for nothing. Uh, except for leaving on the beach, maybe. They're retired. They're, they're less active. They're full of medicines. They're over the hill. They're sexless. They're irrelevant. They're unaware. They're invisible. It all makes me feel a little vulnerable. I had a dream about it all not long ago. In my dream, there were no angels. But I was thinking about being the handmaiden of the Lord, believe it or not, in my dream. Calling Dr. Freud, I don't know. We'll have to see. It was a good dream, though. I mean, even in my dream, I, it, I thought it was odd not to be thinking about the yeoman of the Lord or the hand of the king. But no, it was the handmaiden. And I uh, realized when I was ready to be the handmaiden of the Lord, I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. I didn't want to really say anything about it. I didn't want anyone to know as if I could stop the spiritual emergency, as if I could make sure that the pregnancy didn't come to fruit. My interpretation was, I'm, I'm having a little trouble moving into the inevitability of moving with Jesus now in my, in, in my present moment, into my new expression of who I've always been, now the young old. I suppose I would have felt better, really, if I could have actually said uh, I was giving birth to a baby in the, 
in the, the dream. That'd be quite a miracle. But for me, I was realizing, no, I'm just, I'm just giving birth to the young, young old me. That's what's happening. What about, what about you? What's going on? So Mary's a good example for me. She welcomed that little stranger growing in, on, in, in her. She did it. She became very good at welcoming strangers in general, it appeared. She had magi at her new little rented place in Jerusalem, it appears. She made a place for her refugee family in Egypt. And she welcomed a new son into her life when her dying son gave her a new one on the cross. Oh, I forgot this one. Oh, check it out. Don't you love that, that whole era in the 1920s, 1914? Shoot, I was going to put that up while I was reading. I didn't do it. Now I'm going to say this, because there's Mary welcoming her new son, John, given to her on the cross. Mary welcoming that new stranger, I would say, in herself, and demonstrating that it's a, a woman suffering to bring life into the world and accepting the fruit of her love as a gift from God. That's how the, the life in Christ works. That's what Advent keeps teaching us. You know, I think it should be said probably every year that Western culture probably doesn't deserve the, the, deserve the Christmas celebration anymore at all. Really? I mean, even the Christians domesticate it. And they make, you know, uh, little, like, figurine things about Jesus. You know, I, I don't know. I don't like that kind of stuff very much. I suppose none of us really deserve it unless it recalls the pressure we all feel to give birth. And it's all about the promise that we actually will. I talked to someone not too long ago, and they're having struggles about being a parent um, of young children. They felt constrained. Their mate was a homebody, and they liked to go out all the time. They didn't like coming home for the children's set dinner time. It just bugged them. You know, they always had to do it just as it was, you know, or the children are going to explode or something if they don't eat on time. And that's, that's how it was working in their house. They hated not being able to read like they used to. They felt like their friendships were drying up. Have you heard about this from someone yet? A lot of people feel this way. They didn't like giving birth to the new young parent they were becoming. And they certainly didn't like, did not want to welcome the stranger of this new person in relation to by, you know, their former self, often they didn't even like the little strangers in their house that were destroying it, even ransacking the stuff that they had carefully collected in college and put in the dresser in their room. They even got there, and they ruined that stuff too. Hmm. They were realizing that having the Spirit of God incarnate in them uh, makes them a birthing person, not just biology, but there's more to it than that. As sure as Mary gave birth to Jesus, and that changed the whole world. You know, there's a pressure, of course, to be born again and again, but there's also that pressure about what that means, you know, that we are giving birth to things in the world again and again, because that's the kind of people we are now, because the Holy Spirit lives in us through the birth of Jesus in us and in our context. I suppose had Mary been given the job interview by the angel Gabriel, would you like to bear the Son of God? I have an opening. She probably would have said, I don't think so. I'm like 14 years old. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, if Jesus had been offered, offered the job, do you want to be the savior of the world? 
you might say, nah, let's think about it. Maybe I want to sell real estate in Galilee. Maybe I don't want to do that. Um, you know, they were not called to choose a career or do anything they had done before. They were called into service on behalf of the transformation of the world. It was like an inevitable birth process. It's like something they just had to go with. They had to move with the pressure of it all. They couldn't choose it or not. And Mary did that. She welcomed the surprising reality that she was a slave to hope. The handmaiden is a slave. She was a slave to hope in the most elevated sense of the word handmaiden. Did you see that job description the other day on the, the share board from the real estate company that was looking for a person? Uh, I just loved this quote because Mary would have answered this ad. It's yours, right? Yeah, that was, that was a good one. I love this quote. It's amazing. Um, so you must be this kind of person already, right? Because they're taking your job. Say the quote first. We want a no job is too small attitude. I love that. We want a team player in the office. Candidates who have a that's not my job attitude are not welcome. I love that. That's exactly... You know, I think Advent is all about recognizing a much deeper calling than our usual job description or our usual avoidance, our typical resistance. When Jesus comes to us, things change, and we change things. And that's the story over and over again. Tuesday is a Clara McBride Hale Day. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Mother Hale, as she became known, was the daughter of a single mother. And she became one herself um, when her husband died of cancer and left her in New York City with three children at the age of 27. For 10 years, she was a maid by day and a janitor by night. She kept the children alive during the Great Depression. In her late 30s, she opened a daycare in her house because she really wanted to be with her children more. So she decided to invite other children in so she could do that. And she did that in her house until she was ready to retire. That was around 1969. The world was a mess, and Harlem was awash in drugs. At that time, right when she was retiring, her daughter brought home a mother and baby who were addicted to drugs. And um, Mother Hale couldn't help but take them in, even though she was about done mothering, she thought. But she let them come in. The mother disappeared. The baby stayed and she nursed the baby back to health. Before long, she had 22 drug-addicted babies in the house. She told the papers a quote, before I knew it, every pregnant addict in Harlem knew about the crazy lady who would give their baby a home. It started her on a brand new career, and she and her children told the newspaper as well that they wouldn't have done it, they wouldn't even have thought of it if it hadn't been for Jesus. I'd say that's how the young old retire. That's pretty good, right? I like that. I'm thinking about that. Maybe in your era that you're going into, you know, like she couldn't help it. She just couldn't withstand the pressure to give birth. And she kept getting pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It kept happening. Mother Hale quite literally could not refuse welcoming the baby Jesus in day after day. That's Advent. It's this over and over again. 
Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Say it out loud so you remember it. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Oh, I put that angel thing in there. Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't remember that. You could say it in your own way, of course. You don't have to say it in King James English. I'm your slave. Guide me, Lord. I serve you. I'm listening for what is next. I have no one to really trust but you, and I will. I feel the pressure. I receive the promise. Or just, wow, really? Help. Thanks. However you say it, I hope you won't be afraid to let it out. Let God hear it, of course, when you pray. Let others hear who you are now so that they can keep up with you. That will be good. And let the world know by how you bring life to birth, however you are given to serve. You know, maybe you could take one of those pictures of the Annunciation and just keep it with you a little bit. I don't know how, what you do with these speeches. You hear a lot of them, maybe. But um, if you took one of those pictures and just put it um, in front of you, you meditated on it. You know you actually carved out a little bit of time before you got up, before you went to sleep somewhere, where you could just spend a minute, again, pondering what it means to be that kind of person that can say what Mary said. Um, that would be good, because you've been called and, you've been, and you're gifted too. And there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and fill you with what needs to be given birth in your world, in your context. The pressure we feel usually signifies that something needs to be welcomed into the world. That stranger you fear you know, might be you becoming your true self. So don't be too afraid. God is with you. You're highly favored. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.